0: Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Now this week I'm joined by Chad Taylor. Chad is the founder of a meal delivery company called Fast Fuel Meals. These guys launched in 2016 in Newcastle, delivering pre-made meals from their online ordering system. Since then, they've expanded to Sydney, they've moved into a three and a half thousand square metre kitchen, that's nearly as big as a football field, and now deliver 12,000 meals per week. And just to top it off, Chad also runs a number of fast fuel cafes in Newcastle and Sydney, with a few more about to open. So I want to talk about how he's built this business so quickly, he's done it without any external funding, and what his future plans are to keep the business growing and to go Australia-wide. That's his dream, and I reckon, even international. So let's get into it. Chad Taylor, welcome to The Mentor, mate. Thank you for having me today, Mike. No worries. Uh, I can see it on your T-shirt, fast fuel. Um, that sort of tells me something. It tells me that it's uh, accessible. Um, it's not sort of t- too fussy in terms of getting it sorted and getting ready. And it's uh, fuel, so it's sort of going to be um, that has to me sporting connotations. But it sort of says to me it's there to make me be able to go about my day with the amount of energy I need. Am I close enough?
1: Yeah, that's pretty close. The the fuel is for to fuel the body. The food is what we is our product. Um, and fast, we're very efficient and we deliver to your doorstep as well and, and you heat up the microwave for potentially two minutes. So it's pretty quick. So, yeah. so that's sort of the fast part of it and the fuel to, is to fuel the body. Right. So energy. it
0: sounds scientific.
1: It, it, it has,
0: for me anyway, connotations of scientific or thought anyway. Um, I guess with all these things, I always want to know why does someone one day wake up and say, I'm going to start providing Fuel that can
1: be easily microwaved to Australians. How did that all happen? Okay. As I said, quite a long process. It wasn't actually overnight, um, as most things probably probably aren't, I guess. But uh, for me, I had my first restaurant when I was 21 years old. So you're um, a chef? Or? I'm actually not a chef. I spend right. a lot of time in kitchens, um, but I've been in front of house. And But you can animals, cook? So. Yes, I can. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. Some would say great, some would say not so great, depending on who you ask. But I, I love food, and I always have. Um, but I was, I was fortunate enough to be in a position to have my own restaurant in 21, uh, which I learned a lot about business and, and good and bad. And uh, looking back, was, it was a great experience at the time, quite stressful um, with the unknown and being very inexperienced. But that's my passion for food and, and the hospitality industry started then. Um, so really, that was probably the basis of what I started finding my passion, where I wanted to take my direction to. And, and, and from there, I just had the opportunity to move on to a, a big company and I was operation manager of a kind of had 21 venues. Well, was four, a food company? A food company, yes. Yeah, so it was all uh, cafes, we had restaurants, we had function centers. So I was operation manager of that company, worked my way up. We had about 450 staff there. So I learned about team building and motivating people and something I'm really big on. I love motivating my team. Um, so it got me a taste of a big a big operation, um, how to run multiple venues, which was, which was a skill. You know, It took me a lot to learn that. And then went back into my own businesses again uh, about eleven years ago. Now I've got two restaurants in Newcastle. Prior to Fast Fuel, I still have those at the, at the moment. Um, they do very well for me. Uh, one in particular in Derby Street is probably the busiest strip in Newcastle, and it's always done very well. So that was really the food. But sort of, they, they, what sort of restaurants are they? they? They're like Mediterranean cuisine. Um, right. The Depot on Derby is it's seven days a week. It does breakfast, lunch, and dinner sort of um, yeah, modern Australian type thing. We do a few tapas as well. Uh, so that's, that's the sort of theme there. The one on Beaumont Street, it's three storeys. It's more of a bar restaurant with a lot of cocktails there and a lot of functions there. So they're kind of a little bit different. Still the same name. You but had those before Fastfield? I have, yeah. I still got them. at right,
0: Okay, so was that, was that sort of like your good little cash flow deal that was uh, Initially, yeah. yeah,
1: sure. Initially, they, when they first kicked off and um, you know, 10, 11 years ago, Newcastle, it, for, for me in particular, was doing very, very well. The business of both of them were doing great. Um, a little bit harder these days, I think. Um, Newcastle has a lot of construction at the moment. Light rail coming in this year or next year, sorry, early next year, and we've um, got a lot of combination going in, which is great long term. Um, but the last year or so has been a bit half a business. That I've found in, in that area, so restaurants have been a little bit tougher. But um, initially, they were fantastic. They were great to produce some money for me. And-
0: so yeah, like, that amazes me, though, because you know, my sons have been out tried that restaurant thing. They're not chefs either, and uh, mm. restaurants, bars, and it was it was in the middle of Darlinghurst. It was. It was pretty tough um they didn't make any money out of it um, so I mean like how does someone at 21 then again then again 10 years later make a decision that they're going to start up a restaurant in Newcastle of all places I mean I mean they like got my boys in Darlinghurst and uh, there's a lot more people bigger population I guess more more competition too where do you become ballsy enough to have a <laughs> crack at that like um I mean well, and and you had sorry to interrupt but you had a job before that too like so you've just gone Right, well, I can do this. I'm going to start again. I'm going to have a, myself a restaurant.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't like to be beaten. I think my first time around, um, I didn't succeed at the level I wanted to. And there's many reasons. Just being too young and too inexperienced an was, was the big one I used. But in general, I wasn't focused enough. I didn't didn't work hard enough. And my attitude towards work's always been positive. I, I love what I do. I don't know what I do. I'm always 100% committed. And I knew one day I wanted to go back into that same the same realm and, and have another crack at it. And I think my experience from the big company and working under some good leaders there and uh, learning how to, to manage things better, I, I felt ready again. I felt like it was my time to get back in and, and I wanted to do better and I, I wanted to succeed. Um, it was just the drive I had at the time. I still have it. I, um, I, I love business. Whether I'm good or bad at it, I just love it. I just enjoy the whole process of it. Um, I love the challenges. I love um, getting up every day and the pressure. For some reason, it's where I operate the best, I feel. and um, So for me, it be, part of it was being ballsy. Um, part of it's um, I, I, I was very always passionate about it. And part of it's, you know, I think you're a bit silly and you're taking risks sometimes. You know, I, think
0: because, I mean, I, I get that, um, I mean, I get you're passionate, but a, I mean, a very famous person, Kerry Packer, said to me, he said, son, um, passion's okay. He said that passion's sort of like to lose your energy, um, the energy to do the thing you need to do, the energy, the, the, a thirst for knowledge. Passion's okay. He said, but at the end of the day, you've got to have um, the ability to, you got to have resilience. That's probably the most important thing to have. You can be as passionate as you like, but if you don't have resilience to back it up, then the passion can sort of wane pretty quickly. It can just drift off. Um, and you know, every, anyone I've, I've ever interviewed on this podcast and I've interviewed a lot of chefs, they tell me the hardest thing in the world is running a restaurant. (laughs) It's a tough thing. It's a tough business. And, uh, and I, and I I guess, in your case, it's the same. So where do you get the resilience from then? I mean, I, I understand the passion a bit. You love food. You love hospitality. You, you're experienced. You're skilled. You know how to do, run operations. But where do you get the resilience from to hang in there when it does get tough? You just said to me you like the pressure, but where do you get the resilience from?
1: Yeah, Mark, um, look, I think the answer and, – and sorry, to say first, look, the, the restaurant game the industry is tough at the moment. I think it always has been. The margins are very small. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, majority of them do fail. Yeah. You know, it's it's yes. just the, the, the stats are unbelievable. So and it doesn't matter how good a chef you are. No, no, no. It's you, could, you could be the best chef. You yeah. could have um, sometimes the best menu, you know, the best, the best front of house. And it could be the wrong location or it could just be the wrong timing. It just, there's so many things, so many variables in, in running a restaurant. Um, and yeah, it is, it is very, very challenging. And, Mark, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how to answer that question. I just, it's just, I do love what I do and take the passion out of it. You're right. And you, and you do need to be resilient. You need to really, you know, you need to, you need to want to really succeed in that, in that area to, to stick with it because the challenge that you face and it's the constant hours, it's, it's the restaurants nonstop, especially with a seven day a week restaurant, you, you were there from dawn till dark. Um, you know, you give up a lot of your family time and personal time. You yeah. You will spend money, whether it's on the capital fixture setting it up or whether it's at, at, at running at a loss. Like it's just over times you have those periods. Um, Look, I just, I really, I really love to succeed. I really love to really not be beaten by something. I think if I stick, if I stick with something, and I work hard at it, and it beats me. I will find a way to work around that. And I think the restaurant game for me initially beat me, and I think it was, um, I always want to go again. And the same now, it's, it's, um, we're we're good at what we do. We, I think we're one of the best operators in Newcastle, um, based on experience and based on my team. I focus very hard on my team. I train very well. But it's, it's the, it's the the want to succeed. It's the fact that. I love having a brand that I can be proud of. I love having something that, that I can call mine and that people know me for.
0: Okay, because I mean, we, well, I've been asking you this question on Instagram a bit lately. Um, I'm trying to work out what drives some people and, um, and you know, we're getting some unusual, well, some results, which I guess are not unusual because they're the results of the people we've, we've polled. But in your case, so is it um, because you don't want to fail, you you become resilient? Or is it because you want to succeed,
1: you become resilient? A <laughs> um, bit of both. A bit of both, yeah. Look, look, definitely failure is something I don't doesn't sit well with me. But um, I also appreciate how important failure is at times. So I'm um, I've failed many times. Mark, you know, part of the businesses I've been involved in as well, um, they haven't succeeded, and um, you know, I, I think that that was huge for my growth. You know, it still is. And I, to be fair, I still have challenges today as as part of any business. But you know, failure, I can appreciate how important it is, but I just don't I just don't like it. I prefer to win. I prefer to succeed. So I think. Success is is what what drives me, but you know I, I think the, the 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 thought of failing also is is, is definitely part of that.
0: Did you? Do you I mean, do you? Because <clears throat> you know, a lot of people don't make decisions in relation to going into business because they, they they have this fear of failing, mm. and other people use that fear of failing, um, to drive their you know their drive them them into building the business. Do you ever sit there at night? I mean, I'm, I'm, for those people, that none of you know. Um, what Chad looks like, he looks like he could play rugby league for um, Newcastle Knights. He's a big dude, and, uh, and and he's got a you know a rugby league head on him. He's got that look on him. He's like he, he could run. He looks like he could run through a wall over here. Um, that's a compliment, I think. That's yeah, a... <laughs> that's compliment. Definitely a compliment. Okay, um, but do you ever given, given that description? Do you ever sort of wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and think to yourself, "Fuck." This is this is insurmountable. I feel overwhelmed with um what I've got to face up to tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that was probably two o'clock this morning. I was one. yeah, yeah. I think um, no, that happens every. I, I get it too. So yeah, yeah, no, look, look, yeah, it's it's look, it's it's minimal compared to the, the positive thoughts I have, you know. But look, I have those moments, and um, with fast fuel now, when we talk a bit more about that business and the scale that we've already grown grown to, and, and potentially where we're going, um, you know, we're taking a lot. I'm taking a lot on and. Yeah, look, at times, yeah, it is overwhelming. At times, um, if I really stopped and broke it all down and, and weighed it up, I'd, I'd have to be half crazy sometimes, I think. Yeah, you know? so but- how
0: do you get around that? Because I'm interested in what, what techniques you deal with that. Like, I mean, let's say you do, you do wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you start thinking, you know, because the gremlin's sort of come out and nothing's clear at the 2 in the morning for some reason and um, everything seems to be a lot worse than it really is. And you tend to think you're awake for a lot longer than you really are, but you're not awake for really for that long. but um. How do you deal with it? Do you just roll over, or do you get up, or do you walk around the house, or do you go go and get a piece of paper and write something down, or um, do you turn the telly on, or do you talk to your missus, or or your partner, or what do you do? You got kids? You married? No, I don't know. Okay, no, so no. you do not going to at your kids. No. So, <laughs> but you know, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what sure. do you do? Because I mean, people out there they 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 suffer, mate they suffer badly yeah. and they think they're the only ones in the world right and what i'm trying to get to here is they're not we all go through this shit i mean i go through it i still go through it after all these years um and because that's how our subconscious works it wakes us up in the middle of the night with the things that we'll worry about during the day that we bury
1: and that's sort of a technique and what do you do um I look. I, I do. I do get up frequently, actually. Um, and when I do, I, I have those thoughts where um, you know, I, the, the initial thought is it's tough, and for some reason, when you first wake up, you feel that way. I don't know yeah. what it is. You just do. Um, Mark, I'm very focused on the ultimate goal. I, I have my vision of where I want to get to, and you know, I never lose sight of that. I really, I really, every day I'll, I'll consistently look at that and, and what that means to me, and that helps me get through every single day because every day's tough for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I run around trying to juggle money and. 120 staff that run around there and um, you know, there's always something going on. There's always an issue somewhere. There's always a problem somewhere. So you know, I'm actually a problem solver um, is really how, what I feel like most of the time. So for me, um, if, I, if I lose sight of that, if I lose sight of what's important to me, where I'm trying to get to, I think everything would be hard. And I think I probably would, would quit at some stage. I really believe that. So I never lose sight of that. To me, that's the most important thing is to stay focused on, the, on your main goal. That's interesting
0: because you know, like,
1: uh, that's,
0: that's, that's a, a great answer. And, um, well, it's your answer. Um, it's great because it's your answer, but it, it's it's a it's a well-rehearsed answer, not by you, but re, well-rehearsed answer by commentators. Commentators will say, if you get the what part right, it helps you deal with the how part. Right. The thing that wakes up in the middle of the night is how am I going to fix how. It's always about how. It's never about what. Because you know what you're doing. You know, you're providing uh, quick, easy uh, nutritional uh, meals for people who are either on the go or whatever the reasons why they need it. So that's your purpose. That's what. And that's your vision. That's the thing you don't lose sight of. If we go, and I, I think your answer, is, your answer is the same as mine um, for different reasons, but I, the only way out of that how thing because I can't solve the how thing usually at 2 o'clock in the morning and a lot of times it's a thing that evolves. It unfolds over time. And I do the same thing. I actually think, no, 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 Mark, just remember why you're doing this, what you are in this for. We are in, in the Yellow Brick Road case, I'm in there to give people homes, try and put them in their homes. Um, I'll solve the problem later because the, the purpose is a higher order than the how bit. And because some people get stuck on the how right. and the how can destroy them. And I've seen it happen to people. They just give it up. It's too hard. In fact, they get so caught up in the how bit that they lose sight of what they're out there doing and then everything else falls apart. Their marketing falls apart. Their relationships fall apart. Fall apart they can't deal with their staff. Um, they get shitty. They don't get enough sleep. They don't get to work um, underdone. They, they don't. They stop training, exercising. Everything just falls apart. And then the business just crashes, whether it was a good business or a bad business, it just crashes. Right. So I, I think that what you just gave him was a copybook answer, but in your words, which is pretty important. Um, thinking remembering what the vision is, and just keep going to that. Some people say to me, oh, yeah, but you know, what you're doing is you're uh, running away from the reality. you know, you're <laughs> you're, you're well, maybe I am. Right. I mean, maybe I am because I't can't, I can't solve the reality of the how, right The how thing, I have to wait for more variables to to rise up so that I can actually work out which move I need to make or which number of moves I need to make, and even my first move might be the wrong move. Do you experience the same thing in those terms the way I'm I'm explaining it now in terms of particularly uh, sure. the new business fast fuel
1: Yeah yeah sure look definitely I think um, I mean you know yourself more than me you know a thousand times over from your experiences but um, you know I think if you if you didn't have someone who actually not just saw the vision but actually just took that as 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 the the only, only way to do things and the only the only outcome because if you actually, if reality kicks in and you stop and think about every single bit, bit to piece that actually gets you to that level, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think you would survive. But I think, you know, for me, if you talk to my staff or when we go to meetings, they think I'm way off. They think that the way I see things and, and my my goals and how we're going to do this, with whether with we're with short money or we're with short staff or we, we don't have the right, you know, the, the market, so whatever it is, they um, see the issues and the problems. I only see the outcome. I only see that, you know, this is, this is what we, we will do and this we will get to. So, look, I totally, yeah, I, I, I think if I if reality kicked in and let that actually soak in too much, I think then i actually struggle with that concept. But I don't. I, I actually live in a world out here where I believe we can do this and I believe that no matter what it takes, we will, we'll achieve this. So, for me, I, I probably believe it, you yeah, I'm a bit in my own little bubble there, but that's, um, I think those people are the ones who actually do push forward.
0: So, yeah, because I think the deal is entrepreneurs like you and me and other entrepreneurs who I know, um, we often can be accused of being dreamers, and
1: uh, we are I guess but, but
0: there's nothing wrong with that because the accusation is correct is accurate, but there's nothing wrong with the accusation. accusation. Oh, yeah. so there's nothing wrong with dreaming and yeah. continuing to dream. and to some extent, it's actually a technique that you should employ to get you around the thing the problem that's going to bring you down. that's the overthinking. If you overthink it. I'm telling you now, you'll, it'll fuck you up. If you're the sort of person who wants to be an entrepreneur but you overthink things, um, that's sort of okay in terms of an analytical sense but if you, uh, if you continually overthink things and you don't let the dream take precedence and let the dream sort of get on top of it and really own it, then you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I mean, I know lots of people who have great ideas, they're brilliantly skilled, they're great at what they do, some chefs for example. And they never are able to run a business or set up a um, a scalable business like an entrepreneur does because they are detail people and they tend to sit there thinking about, you know, how many slices here I need and, uh, you know, have I bought this for the right price and am I going to, am I getting it for two cents cheaper if I buy around the corner? And mm. they're things worth thinking about, but they just sit on that all the time and they That's forget right. to dream. That's right. The dream part's really important. To some extent, too, by the way, in your industry, um, a, a, in a restaurant business, it's hard to dream if you're tired. <laughs> like, so if you're going to bed at <laughs> one in the morning, yep, um, yep. and you're back up there at six a.m. because you're open up enough for breakfast.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, actually, yeah.
0: yeah, totally. And yeah. Uh, you, and tiredness kills the dream a bit. Um, sure. and you got to you got to play that a little bit. You got to you got to have some fun with that sort of stuff. I mean, uh, yeah. So it's it's a it's a tricky thing for all these people. You know, if you're listening to this. I've got here, a, 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 one of the things, I, when I read the brief, I thought, this is beautiful. This is one of the things I want to talk about, to chat about is, we'll talk about his business in the next half of the fast field, because I want to get into that. But I just want to talk about the sort of personality that is required to be able to build these businesses fast without collapsing as a person. Because if you collapse a person, the whole thing fucking falls apart. Most definitely. Yeah, because you're the guy. Do you have anybody who reminds you – do you have people in your life who remind you of the game, you know, of the, the big plan, of the vision? Do you have mm-hmm. someone who sort of says, hey, mate, don't forget, that's where we're going? In my team or – Yeah, or...
1: anywhere. Um, look, unfortunately not, Mark. I think um... – Mum, dad, brother, sister, anybody. Look, they support me. I got, got a core group, and I have got a family around me that support me. Like you, I could ask for, for no more. There. What about Matt Percell? Is
0: he like, Matty,
1: Yeah, Matt is he Does he?
0: Does he, does he? Does he help you out? I mean, who do you
1: talk to? Well, again, look, I I have people who within my team who I talk to, Mark. But I, I think they all think, and as you said before, that I'm not just a dreamer, I'm a crazy dreamer. Like I think, um, you know, if if. They they support everything I do. They they're right behind everything I believe in. They're right behind the vision I have for fast fuel in particular. You know, they're, they're, and and they know how hard I, I work at things. But um, I don't actually I don't have that sounding board. I really don't. I, I have people who, who will support me and people who will back me up. But I don't actually have that 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 mentor myself or that someone that um, could actually say, look pull me in the line and so look, you know, you're strained here or, you know, chin up and let's let's focus on the big picture. You know, I, I kind of just, I really am self-motivated that way. And You pull um, yourself
0: up by your own bootstraps. Oh, look, I do. I, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm a, my biggest critic. I'm my biggest fan all at once. I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I think I'm capable of many things. I, I really back myself on um, many flaws and faults and there's, there's things I can improve on. But for some reason, just all the positives, Outweigh my negatives. I just always have, you know. And you so, make
0: choices. You choose positives or negatives.
1: So. I mean, there's a thousand things I could think about the negative yeah. if I want to, but for yeah. me, it just the common sense is why not focus on the good stuff? And so I think I am have my you always own been my that way. way. Though? Is that is it.
0: I mean, is that something you trained yourself to become, or have you always been that way? Do you remember mm, as a my, kid growing up and teenager? I've
1: always been positive. I've Always made the best of whatever situation I've had. I've, I've, I've lost sports. So anything I've done, I've enjoyed. But I think, and if we're, if go into a personal situation, and this is probably more involved with fast fuel. And this, this might this might I guess make some sense is I about seven years ago now I got die I had I had a melanoma one deep melanoma which which was concerning and I remember the week where I was waiting for the results to come back in um, and that was terrifying you yeah, know and I, I I thought I was invincible I kind of still do I, was, I, don't, I don't know what is it about me I have that sort of thought process and I remember that week and I still remember it clearly and um, yeah we I was, I was sort of terrified with with potentially the first time my health had been at risk and I. I, I've been thinking when I come back and, and fortunately for me it hadn't spread and, and I still of to keep, keep an eye on it obviously and I've got a, quite a good scar on my back from it. But the thing that I took from that was in life you can run business and you can fail and you can rebuild business. Um, you know, If you lose your job, well, there's plenty of jobs if you're keen to work. You, know, you, you might break up with your partner, which is disappointing, but there's plenty of people out there. And money comes and goes, which we all know that. But with your health, sometimes you don't get a second chance. And you sort of um, – yeah, you know, it's it's hard to rebuild that. So I kind of that's how I sort of felt invincible from there. It's like, well, as long as my health's fine, nothing else really matters. Like, yeah, you know, I can I can fix everything else. I can rebuild. I can try again. So that's that's the, 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 the why I have no fear in the things I do. I think that's kind of really was, was was. But even before that, Mark, I I still was very positive in life. I still felt like there was nothing I couldn't get involved in or couldn't take on. And um, whether it, it works for everyone, it's just for me. That's that was the only way to live. I just think that um. We live in a great place. I've always felt fortunate. I think that I've always had good people around me. I've I've minimal to complain about. You know, um, and if we've got pressure these days, which I do, that's from personal choice. Like I could choose to take an easier life mm. and relax and enjoy myself, but I, I choose this life, and so I'd never I, I never complain. I never complain. I can't remember the last time I did complain. So you know, um, things frustrate me, and start to do some silly things sometimes, but um, you know, I I, I, I don't complain. And I think it's it's it'd be rude of me too with the situation i have got the, the life that I have, um, you know it'd be, be would not be right for me to win. I, just, I don't see the point.
0: Yeah, and was and what I wanted to establish in the first part of today's podcast for the listeners is what I was expecting to happen is all the hallmarks of a of a proper entrepreneur in terms of characteristics, and you can be born with these characteristics, and you just all heard those things. Chad was talking about um, choices and don't complain and just get on with it and look at the, the, the end game, the vision, you know, in order to decide how you fix the house up and, and have a good support team. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all you. You're the one. And um, they're, they're the characteristics of an entrepreneur. And that sense of, I want to succeed and I don't like failure, more characteristics of an entrepreneur. And, and I guess what's happened here, Chad, is you've taken all those characteristics and you've turned it into a business based on the skills that you acquired by working in the various jobs that you worked in. So the skills aren't enough unless you've got the right characteristics. The characteristics aren't enough unless you've got the right skills. And you picked up those skills. The skills I'm talking about here is how to run um, a logistics business. Because sure. you effectively run a logistics business. You want to do. Fast fuel. Let's put aside the restaurants. You know, they're they're there, great. Um, but we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about fast fuel. And fast fuel is a logistics business about how I can take an order. Well, it's about you. How you take an order. How you process the order. How you build a supply chain, and how you get that order in a, at someone's doorstep. Um, in the most efficient way, at the most efficient price. That is like running, you know, a trucking business. That's hmm. that is a logistics business, and yeah, you, you picked up those. The yeah, exactly. And you you built that, got those skills, working in the job. Was it ten years or nine years in the operations job you had? You, oh, it was
1: about eight years there. Operations job, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that
0: that that. I mean, you wouldn't got all your skills, but you got you got a taste of it, and of course, you've been learning on the job. Now you've been learning, you've been making lots of fucking mistakes, and you've been saying, <laughs> "Shit, I'm going to pay for that one." But you you learn you you're refining your skills as you go along. Did but as a result of that, I see here on the brief that you got, and 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 Fast Fuel does twelve thousand meals per week. Is that right? That's correct. Twelve thousand meals per week. You have just moved into um, that's. You run, you run your Fastfield Cafes in Newcastle mm-hmm. and Sydney. Well, yes. And, and you just moved into, uh, I don't know how many thousand square metres somewhere. Well, how many, what is it now? You've just three moved. Three and a half
1: thousand square metres. You've just got a
0: three and a half thousand square metre kitchen in, mm-hmm. somewhere in Sydney. That's correct. Uh, um, that's where you're at now. Yes. So I want to go to a break. I don't want to talk about any more of the characteristics. I want to talk to you after this about all the challenges you had in Arriving at the point you've arrived at today, which is like pretty incredible, twelve thousand meals a week—that's ridiculous. In my, in my, I just can't imagine that. But twelve thousand meals a week delivered to people's homes—you've got to have couriers or delivery systems. You've got to have the ability to buy the food. You've got to process the food. You've got to build menus. You've got to take orders. You've got to take payment. It's mental. Um, that's what I want to talk about when we come back from the break.
1: Fantastic.
0: Welcome back to The Mentor. I'm here with Chad Taylor. Now, Chad is the founder, owner, runs the joint for Fast Fuel Meals. And and we sort of talked to him in the first part about sort of what, what drives him as an individual, but what makes him a good entrepreneur, in my opinion, or a typical entrepreneur, in my opinion. Um, and typical entrepreneurs are good entrepreneurs, but we now want to talk about the business model. And I, for Fast Fuel, I want to know actually what the business model is. So um, tell me how... And I'm not talking about the financial model. I'm talking about the business model. So, tell me how you distribute, you know, at retail, at the wholesale. How's it all work, mate? What's the what is the business model?
1: Mark, we have a, a main kitchen at Newcastle. At this stage, which obviously Sydney is our big one, we're going into. The model is this: we we actually do home deliveries to all over Newcastle, there in Sydney. Um, which is a system where people will go online and order their meals and two days later we'll come to their doorstep and drop it off for them. We do wholesale, which is to many gyms around Newcastle and the Sydney area now as well, and ASN stores and, and places like that, which wholesale food, which we do quite a lot there. Um, we also open up a retail with a cafe chain at the moment, or, uh, which is five, five cafes now, seem to be two more, so we' will be seven in total. Um, there's an outlet there through universities mainly, which, which we do great with. Um, we also do vending machines um for places like the Army Base at Singleton, um, the universities and, and some fire stations we moved into now. And we do have got a catering arm off that as well, which which is more healthy food as well going across. But again, many universities and places like that for the catering. So look the 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 model is we we have one hub where all our food comes from and which is much easier than having restaurants everywhere because you need extra staff. So we have one hub where we control all of our food quality and our product. And from there, we just disperse that to whether it's home delivery, whether it's the wholesale, whether it's to the cafes, or to the to the sort of vending machine. So that's sort of the the model that we've that we've created. So you
0: you cover you cover all the ways of distribute of distributing fast healthy food. Yes, um, and they being uh, uh, your own retail outlets, which is the fast fuel cafes. Mm-hmm. Or some of which are at universities, so that's not a bad place to capture an audience. Um, you have vending machines, which you know. I mean, I don't know whether that's going to be a big party business, but nonetheless, it's it's a party business. I mean, you you know the answer to that. Um, you do also deliveries to people's homes, so um, that's another way of uh, vending at a retail level. Am I missing one? Uh, you do catering. That's mm-hmm. I guess special request type thing, where someone requests you to come and catering for an event or something like that. Am I missing one?
1: Well, and we probably just add that we do a lot of um, corporate. So we do a lot of lunch drops to to businesses at the moment. Um, yeah. Okay. which take an order through online, their own online system, which yep. have their own setup for them, or we just go there with our food and actually take 100 meals in. And, and, and you produce it all
0: out of one place at the moment. At this stage, at one place. And soon to be this super mega place down here in Sydney, which are about to open up, that's which great. is about as big as a rugby league field, <laughs> yes. which is in a massive kitchen. And
1: kind of suits me by my appearance, apparently, but that's fine.
0: It's, and now te- <laughs> and tell me what is the stuff you're selling? So, what is the product?
1: Sure, the product, Mark. Our, our ultimate goal, and to talk, we'll show sure you the business soon. But look, the goal, the goal is to help people live a healthier, happier, more fulfilled life. That's really what the goal for Fast Fuel is. So, to do that, we so that's your a,
0: purpose. That's your business. Hundred percent, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, I love helping people. And that's something. That is what we're all about. <laughs> and I've created a um, a product that covers these five areas. It's um, it's healthy. It's affordable. It's very convenient. Great quality, and, and it tastes great. So really, that's sort of um, that's the product. The product is is something that we've. Our goal is to make sure, make healthy food accessible for everyone, because not everyone knows what healthy food is or how much food you should eat of that. So we've got a different varieties and, and different sizes, and it's all balanced out by a dietitian. And so we, we figured that the goal with the product was to to make something that. Is very accessible. So whether you sit at home, we drop it to your doorstep. Whether we take it to your workplace. Whether if you go to university or a place like that, all the shopping centers now will have cafes there for you. So we feel like we built a product that not only is very very good for you, um, very very affordable, but it's convenient for everyone. That's so like
0: for example, like is it like a, are we talking about like a wrap that has x amount of um, protein in it and, and some vegetables and uh, and a certain amount of carbs in it, so it's a balanced meal to say. Um, I don't know, just to get you through the day? Or is it? do you say, look, I'm looking for the one to help me train to put on five kilos or I'm looking for the one to help you train to lose five kilos? I mean, is it like that?
1: Yeah, look, at this. the wrap's the probably a bit more standard as, as across the board. But look, the, the goal is, and what we do do, is exactly right. We have the right amount of protein, the right amount of vegetables, um, the right amount of carbs and the right amount of healthy fats in, the, in each dish is what we go for. Um, that will vary, though, depending on what you're after, Mark. If you're looking for something like weight loss, which is a big big area we're in, um, then we had that had that measured out for you. If you want lean muscle or muscle gain, we had that lifestyle is a big one. We we believe in trying to help people maintain a healthy lifestyle, um, <clears throat> so it's all portioned out and balanced out to hit these categories for you.
0: Right, And uh, the tasty bits important because I mean I've tried not your one, I've tried some of these, under um, not meal replacements. I've, I've tried <coughs> some of these sort of uh, delivery things. From some gyms have them, sure, you know, and uh, and. Uh, you know, they taste all right for the first – like if I'm trying for a fight, I'll, I'll get them because you've got to eat meals in between all that sort of stuff. If you're trying to drop weight, it's. it's I mean, the, th- the silly thing is if you're trying to drop weight, you actually got to eat more meals but less amount. I, I So I'll eat so much for breakfast and I'll eat again – Mid morning, but it'll be a small thing. But I, you know, it's too hard to make Your own it You're on two and a half hours every two yeah, hours. two and a half three hours, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and so that's, I a, might, that's how you should eat. For yeah, a while, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's too hard to do normally. Really? But, like, but if really? I'm dropping weight, I'll do that over a, maybe a twelve week period. And but it's too hard to make yourself. So you, I've, you know, I order them in. And but to be honest, you're like, oh, no, no, no joke. After <laughs> in the end, I'm thinking, God, I can't do any more of this. Um, it's, it's nice to start with, but how, how do you get the tastiness thing going on? Like how, how do you get it tasty? I mean, how, how do, do you taste test these
1: things? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Like, yeah. yeah. no, that's, that is that if you want to know what separates us from anyone else, it's exactly the, it's the quality of the food and the taste of the food. Oh, like, try right. So like, yeah, no, we're, it, yeah, we're, we're, absolutely obsessed with the quality of our product. And right. look, Mike, oh, I'm, I'm not bringing pre-made meals to your door. I'm bringing quality restaurant meals to your doorstep. Yeah. And that's that's the only way that we'll stay in this game. I'm not interested in doing anything that's um, hasn't got that high quality product. Um, if you look at it when you when you try our meals, Mark. First, my chefs are a talented chefs. So I've got award winning chefs in there. I think out of my team, about forty in the kitchen, twenty five of them are actually really high quality chefs. Three or four of them are actually water chefs. So we're really serious about who we put on there to to keep creating ideas. But look, we we use suvs. We we have water bath there, so we make sure that our protein is really tender. We cook everything perfect, so by the time it comes to your doorstep and you reheat it for two minutes, the broccoli is crisp, the protein's tender. Our cooking methods are great. Our, the product we buy in is fantastic, and our team is sensational. And look, I, I I have tried all the competitors out there, and there's some great competitors in marketing and logistics, and they do a lot of things better than I would at this stage, especially being quite quite fresh in this industry or that that area. Sorry, but the food quality I, we're worlds apart. You know, we're really it's it's the thing that. I would never let drop, and you know, if I want to be in this, and I really do, then that's the one thing that I'll always focus on.
0: Tell me about day one. I mean, like, uh, did, did you, were you operating out of, the, out of your kitchen at home
1: or something? How, how did it work? With Fastfield? Yeah, yeah. No, well, we've been fortunate because we had the kitchens for the restaurants. Correct, yeah, yeah, forgot about that. You so Bone One's got quite a large kitchen there. Bone One only actually operates mainly on weekends now, so three days a week roughly. So we had this space anyway. Um, it it's kind of a nat- natural progression with that. So, we started. So, you
0: thought you'd use the space if it was not being used for the restaurant? Of course, yeah. There's yeah. a few
1: benefits of why we got into that. And yeah. um, we were looking a way to capitalize on the space as well. So, yeah. we started from that kitchen just doing some meals to the local gyms. Right. Um, knowing what else was out there. Exactly what you said, Mike. I've, I've tried a few because I've got, I've got two restaurants. you think that I've got personal chefs. Well, I almost have. Hmm. You, know, I, you know, I pay a lot of them, um, but I, I never eat on time and I never eat well. And I'm getting macas at 12 at night. And yeah, you get yeah. Nothing wrong with macas. You know, it's good out there every so often, but every day is not great. And, so even for myself personally, with, with having chefs there, I still struggled eating the right food and eating at on, on the right time. So I would try a few of these meals to have at home when I get home and, and, and I just was like I wasn't enjoying them. Not only was I not enjoying them, I wasn't keen to pay for them as well. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I really had to go we end up
0: opening the fridge up on the weekend, you got about 12 meals left and you think, fuck, I didn't eat any of that shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly right. Throwing it out. Exactly right. So yeah. I, think, I think because it was pre-made meals, people had this idea that it was okay for it to be average. And no one's actually stopped and thought, well, why is that? Why why can't we make it great? Why can't we make the quality of high quality I mean, of course you can. It's, it's, the same, it's the same cooking methods. It's just making sure that you put time and effort into it. So you it. said to your chefs, okay, I want you to make me something. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. We, we, when we first started, we just we tried dish after dish. We've got the idea of you know getting chicken and, and you know, sweet potatoes and all you know, a dietitian worked yeah, dietitian work with us on what actually works for the for the body and to fuel the body. But what I went the other way. I got the chefs to be crazy and bring as much flavour and great products in, and then we actually just fine tune it from the from the other end, from the dietitian. as opposed to bringing in and saying, this is the healthy stuff you yeah, must yeah. eat. We went the other way.
0: It kills me because you get a little bit of sweet potato, a little bit of brown rice, and you've got a little bit of chicken, and then you just got something green there. And... Uh and like, like in the end, I, I, I can't eat it. Like, I'm thinking, oh my god. So, that, that's that, so you went from a different direction. You said, get the flavors right first, get the flavors and then, we'll, right. then we'll throw the, the, the healthy stuff in, we'll work it out most definitely. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And, and look, I
1: think it's if you want quality and you want taste and you want these things, you got to do it that way. And yeah, we got, have sauce on the side as well, Mark. So, you can actually put sauce in optionally if you want that. So, some of the sauces, you know, have a little bit of stuff in there that, that probably isn't great, but. In General, the choice is there, but we 100% it's the taste and the quality first and foremost,
0: yeah. So, and so your menu then is I mean, obviously, I haven't seen a menu, but your menu is broken up into things like, um, you know, uh, weight loss, weight gain, just lifestyle, day to day stuff, you know, like what you do, just like a family might want to eat it,
1: yeah. So, we've got, got the weight loss, um, the muscle gain. And the lean muscle. Right. So and then the biggest one, though, is the lifestyle. So lifestyle is right in the middle of that. So if you just want to maintain. So yeah, the yeah. goal is – and the goal is that. it's like, I Just think, healthy. Just healthy, healthy yeah, living. Yeah. Healthy, you, tasty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great to drop weight and it's great to put on lean muscle. You know, all these things are great. But at some stage, if you're eating right and you're training and doing some form of activity, yeah, you maintain. And yeah, because
0: it's it's too hard doing that other thing too. Like, um, I mean, the weight loss and the weight gain, um, lean muscle, you can do that for three, four months. but. After a while, it just does your head in a bit. Do You just want to go back to good quality food to help you
1: maintain where you're at. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you can't keep dropping weight forever, and no, you can't no. keep putting spice no, on. No. Like, totally, there's got to be a level where you want to yeah, balance yeah. out, and that's what we're trying to achieve: is is helping help people live a healthy and maintain a healthy lifestyle. You know, the, the things that you have got to focus on, and I don't do this well, by the way. I, I practice as much as I preach, but I'm not great at it. Like, you should drink plenty of water. You know, we all know that and for so many benefits with water. You our know, body's made up of mainly water. A healthy, balanced diet extremely important. If if you're training or if you're doing what you're doing boxing, you know how how much food affects. Well, how much yeah. water affects me. Yeah, yeah if right. I don't have it. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, you need to get some form of exercise in, whether it's walking or boxing or whatever you can do. Do something. You know, keep the body active. Um, and you need to get yeah, the right amount of sleep, between seven and nine hours. Like, yeah. if you focus on those four things in your life, you will perform well. You just will. And you know, body and mind. And I, I say that because I know that myself. But I struggle myself. I I, I don't sleep many hours and I I work big days and, you know, I work seven days a week and, um, you know, there's so many things that uh, I train, I do train, I I make an effort one hour a day, I I do something, whether it's a bit of cardio or some weights, whatever I could get get in because that's my time to clear my head. Um, But the thing that was easy for me to change was my food. I was just, I I just had to make a shift because I eat every day, obviously. So I just had to make that shift. it was really simple, but, you know, we we, we sort of, um, I think we lose sight of, you know, there's all these fads that come in and there's all these things that people jump on these days and they, they try to lose weight. At the end of the day, it's just having a healthy relationship with food. Eating good, healthy food and every two and a half hours, if you possibly can, is the ultimate. But we know that that's not a tough. Bit. Um, it's a bit tough. But that's if you stick to the basics and focus on that, it's, it's really simple. You know, I think we overcomplicate it. I think there's so many different opinions and different advice when in the end of the day, it's eating healthy, being a- being active, and getting plenty of rest. It's,
0: it's funny, you know, because I was just listening to you then and I was thinking to myself, we nearly sh- sort of should um, hand over our diets of what we eat to somebody else. I mean, you know, like if you really wanted a population to be really efficient, and we spent less time thinking about what we're going to eat tonight, and uh, and it was just there. I mean, we sort of used to see it on the Jetsons and all those sort of old movies, old TV shows. But but like uh, uh, it's it's nearly like uh, to be really efficient, whether you need to be really efficient or not is another issue. But like if, you, if that is a goal and you just wanted to concentrate on the things that you really love doing, assuming cooking is not one of them mm. and or going to Woolworths to buy your bloody mm. stuff, um, which in my case that's the case, um, then in terms of efficiency, to allow you to do the things that you really love doing and that you do best, you should really abrogate your responsibility and delegate it to somebody else to provide the food for you and you just basically put it in the microwave and eat it. And it becomes a function. Now some people would say, Oh no, but you know, that's one of the great things in life. Oh, okay, cool. If that's what you think cooking is one of your great pleasures and you know, heating the food up and all that's one of your great pleasures. And serving is when you that's that's cool. I get that, but there are a lot of people who would say, no, no, my my great my my biggest pleasure in life is not doing that. My biggest pleasure in life is reading stuff online about blah, whatever it is, and or creating something around that, and or looking after people who uh, have psychological problems, or looking after people who are um, trying to, in my case, who I want who I'm trying to help them grow their business. That's my passion. Right. Um, it's, there's you're, you're sort of presenting to me um, an intelligent case um, based on that concept of efficiency of efficiency where efficiency allows you to spend time because we've got limited time we haven't got enough time to do the things we love to do. It might not be doing any of those things I suggest it might be just hanging out with your family. It might be playing Something with important. your kids yeah because um, be. you know if you looked at parents, the amount of hours and we we're just talking to Matt who's congratulations Matt had another little baby. Um, Well, his wife did, I should say, uh, four weeks ago. Um, If you look at the amount of time that people spend when they're, if they've got a family and the kids are, you have to cook meals and buy the food and the logistics of that is crazy. I mean, like, just on my way home, I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, I better go call in a Woolworths. What am I going to get tonight? Last night I had fish. Tonight I better get chicken. There you go. You got to go there. You got to walk in, and I think oh, I better get some broccoli. Or and then I think, forget, I already got broccoli in the fridge. And like you know, like the inefficiency of that is ridiculous. Now, what you're talking about here, I mean, it, I don't know if you thought about this, but in terms of disrupting, you could become a disruptor of people's life because, and and the story to me, the way it's evolving is, people like you are going to end up. Changing the world in ten or fifteen years, a bit like mobile phones have changed the way we communicate. I actually
1: see what you're talking about as being a big shift. Do
0: you agree with that?
1: I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I didn't know, it was a word I'd, I'd probably use is there's a massive shift in, in the food industry at the moment. It's huge, and um, you know, there's a lot of places like um, not just us, but even, even Woolworths places. They're looking at more sort of the, the sort of healthy grab and go style on that too. Like it's look. Everyone's time poor, Mark. Everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone's no one's got time anymore. And, and even parents, you were saying before, at home with the kids, both parents are working these days. You time know? poor and opportunity rich.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it, there's so many things you can do now. 100. Really cool. yeah, like, that's right. I go back when I was a kid, mate. your Dad went to work, mum went to work. They came home. They had. They didn't have mobile phones. We didn't even have a television. It wasn't even a telephone in the house. We didn't get a telephone until I was 12. TV was only just invented when I was born. We, did, we got TV when I was about 13 or something. So. Then you just came home, you cooked a meal, and you hung out with the family. That's what you did. Yeah. There was no no opportunities relative to what everyone's got to, to sure. do today. Everybody, Everybody, kids want to get on the internet. They probably want to play Fortnite, but they want to get on the internet. <laughs> um, parents want to get on the internet. Some of those want to play Fortnite too, but parents want to get in. They want to learn stuff. They interact. They want to talk. And everyone's from somewhere else. So, you know, people here from the Philippines, from Thailand, from India, from America, from wherever. And they want to talk to people on Facebook. So there's so much to do. Yet the big interruption to me. Some people are going to think I'm a heretic for saying this, but the big interruption for me is the meal bit. Most definitely buying the food. Most definitely, everyone keeps telling us buy fresh food, so we don't buy and put in the freezer anymore. We buy and we buy every second day, and we go to Woolworths to buy it or wherever it is, and that's sort of they got me in the groove because you know, I keep believing it's fresh food because that's how they tell me it's fresh food on the ad, so I think that's fresh food, and and what and and so that interruption is. Buying the food, preparing the food, cooking the food, cleaning up after the food, and then throwing shit away which you didn't use.
1: Yes, it goes off. That's right.
0: And uh, correct, and it goes off. We'll fill in the fridge up, and then clean the fridge out. Um, if it was just coming in a, a package, I presume that you package your stuff yes, up. Yeah, yeah, and it's all in the fridge. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Do you deliver fresh every second or third day. How's it work? Yeah, we
1: do every. At the moment in Newcastle, it's every second day. Sydney has just started with once a week. About to go to two times a week. Eventually, it'll be five days a week.
0: So I, I can get fresh food from you.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So you, most and I leave the buying yeah. to
0: you. I don't have to fucking buy it. You know, no, no, you, no, your we'll guys going to buy it,
1: yeah. we'll and you buy more
0: lot. efficient me, and uh, I don't have to think about what it's going to be because I'll just eat your menu or you'll give me a menu. I, I can have chicken, fish, whatever it is. Yeah, and I oh, know we've got everything. Yeah, right. now I know it's on. Um, makes a lot of sense.
1: I, I interruption wise, yeah. you know,
0: like disruption wise, real disruption. This this is real disruption. If this, I mean, I can see it emerging because people eat out all the time now. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know about in Newcastle, but in Sydney. Most families, it's just easier for them to eat out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look at breakfast. I mean, if if you hang around Sydney on a Sunday morning, it's like no one in Sydney cooks breakfast. Yeah, sure. Everyone goes to a cafe. Right, right. It's madness. It's crazy. Everybody, everybody goes to a cafe. Like everybody I know. Like it's mental. It doesn't matter whether it's Bondi or Parramatta or everyone's The cafes are all full. I've never known. I've, I've been to countries all around the world and I've never seen the cafe the cafe industry is so popular as it is here in Sydney. It's right. ridiculous. Same in Melbourne. It's, I guess it's the same in Newcastle. So you look like you're at there. You're sort of right in the guts of a massive, to me, universal movement. I don't, you're really, at the beginning yeah. of it. Right. Yeah, sure. How do you stay relevant?
1: Okay. Um, I agree with everything you just said. That the shift is already happening, you know, and it's not only that, it's the government's behind people eating healthy. Everyone's pushing for this and it's everyone's time for this. Is, this is exactly how people are going to start eating in the future. This is just, this this model works. And look, to stay relevant is, I guess to, I bring it back for us to the quality thing again. And I really push that because, you know, I'll always make sure that our food is top quality. I'll always make sure we're we having new, you know, advanced on products and, and, and new dishes coming through. And, you know, making everything as easy and accessible as possible is probably our number one goal after that. It's like people tend to buy these days on uh, when they you know, they're, they're, everyone's a bit pushed with time, as I said, so they sort of buy on impulse when they're there or they've got things going on. And if you don't have food available, you tend to eat fast food that isn't healthy for you because it's the easiest option or the drive-through system or whatever it is. So it's like it will stay relevant because everyone, I can't see the, the health concept slowing down. Mm. I can't see people's time freeing up. I can't see people all of a sudden want to cook again. Maybe mm. some, but p- potential don't. most of them don't. Sorry, so I can't. I, I think the key for me then is making sure that our service um, is always is always spot on, and we're very serious about our service. Mark from all aspects, of our front of house cafe to our delivery drivers. You know, we control the whole lot. We make every product in house. So you have your own delivery guys. We do everything ourselves. Wow, at stage. that's mad. It's it's full on, but it's important because I can control the team I have. I interview every single one of my staff members for the job. Um, I don't train them all, but I interview all of them. I, I, I hire on personality and attitude. It's something that I, that, that I focus on. Um, but everything in house, Mark, we make. We make all our own protein bars. We make our own juices. We make our own cold brew. Um, you know, we don't we don't outsource any of that. We, we we do everything fresh from from scratch. And that to me is a, is a big difference. To what everyone else does. A lot of people bring things or get other companies to make the food. We don't do any of that. Um, and we will continue to, to to keep that the same. So I really believe that. I really believe that the fact we know everything that goes into our product, the fact that it's always going to be high quality. Um, and the fact that we want to make ourselves known to everyone and reach as so many people as we possibly can. And, you know, that's probably a goal. I, I want to educate people how to live better, how to get the most out of life. You know? And I think the food's a huge part of that. Whether you're training for an event or, or a boxing match, whether you're working big hours, whether you just want to feel healthy, feel better, because food is, is is the essential base of all that. So, totally. So, you know, if I can reach people and educate people, then I'm doing the right thing. And- Beyond that, um, if people kind of afford my meals, which are eight dollars ninety five, starting point, we pretty cheap. Some of them, then I should be doing, giving them to them for free for charity. You know, I mean, I should be working out place that need help. It's it's this company's not based on what I personally need out of life. This company is based on helping people, uh, and it's something I'm big on, and and I'll continue to be that person. So, you know, I don't look at the bottom line, Mark as such. Um, how much money I can put in the bank and go buy a boat and things like that, because I got no time to drive anyway. Um, I I want to, I want money in the bank so I can keep growing, keep reaching people. So I'll stay relevant because my fuel will be the best and um, people, um, I think, will enjoy who we are and what we're trying to achieve. I I think that. Could I ask you, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's lots of challenges, but what what have been your two biggest challenges? With fast fuel? Yep, fast fuel. Um, Creating systems, I think, Mark, is is my first one. I I think when I run the restaurants, the ones that I own, um, I'm very hands-on. Every problem comes straight to me. I can can solve problems on the run. I've Mm. I've got... um, you know, any issues or any, any breakdowns or whatever it is. And so it's very easy to manage my team. Now to have these multiple cafes, to be doing home deliveries, to be doing the catering, to, you know, all these different arms, um, I've had to create systems um, that work and get staff to follow them. And so implementing that's been a big challenge for me, um, even logistics in general, you know, just, just understanding all that side of it. So I guess moving into an area which I wasn't, wasn't much, the food part is, but logistics probably to this scale wasn't really my expertise. So that's been my biggest challenge. Building the team is always challenging, but I'm good at that. That doesn't—that's never worried me. But I say I say more of that more just building systems and logistics of actually but you, your
0: business. your software, um, <clears throat> your order your order system, and <clears throat> um, taking payments, etc. I mean that's a mission in itself. Yeah, I mean building a website that can allow people to transact. Yeah, and um, and updating the website and make sure that the you know the menus are all right and uh, you know the, the 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 ordering takes actually happens. Some puts an order, actually you get the order and you can fulfill the order. Put aside the cooking and the buying of all the stuff, and and then the delivery on time, and the packaging and all the health stuff you have got to get around. Yeah, sure. um, just just the the front end, um, you know, between the telling someone about what you do and then getting someone to actually transact with you, um, and then and then backfilling your website to encourage people to continue to use it again and again and again and make it educational. And so I, I haven't looked at your website, but I guess what you're doing is you talk about your your philosophy and, and you know, how important it is to eat properly. And, um, you know, over time people can use that as a, a bit of a reference point um, to, about healthy lifestyle in terms of food. Sure. And, and other things that matter, I mean, I'm sure the big gym groups would, would want to start to – if you've got enough traffic in there, gym groups would love to be part of your website.
1: Yeah, you're right. Sure, definitely.
0: Because you know they can see you as the happy hunting ground for gym gym memberships. I right. and, uh, and and, and at some stage you might you probably could even work move into gyms yourself. But doing gyms yourself because you've got you've got the captured audience. You, you know what people are trying to do. They're trying to lose weight, gain weight, lifestyle. Um, you, you sort of get a bit of a sense of you, you get knowledge about people. So being able to capture all that data. Yes. So, building that website must have been a massive mission for you.
1: Big mission. Still is. Yeah. Still is. It doesn't and stop. It keeps no, going. no, it'll never stop. It's, you know, we, there's. if we had more money, I'd build bigger things and better things and mm. make it more efficient. It's, mm. um, it's a challenge in itself. It's a business in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as you said, there's so much information you gather from these things. And it's not only taking the information in, Mark, it's actually breaking it down and giving to the chef how much they need to cook of each yeah. item. And then it goes out to the pack team to when, you get, when it disperses out to home deliveries. Or, so, the system is, is quite advanced already. You know, and we might have spent, Already fifty grand on the system yeah. um, to make it all work, and, and that's still not—it's it's still average. You know, what I mean, like yeah, it yeah. does its job, but there's so much more to do with it. So, look, it's—it's it's hard. It's still ongoing, and we have a great team that work on it. But um, you know, if they were here now, they would, they would tell you a hundred things that they need to improve on, and that could be could be more efficient. And um, yeah, you know, it is. It is. A, it's it's very challenging because again, it's complete. Different scenario as opposed to someone walking into a restaurant and buying a meal from you and sitting yeah. down. It's 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 another whole concept. And yeah, you buy so, you
0: buy, you rent those software systems to to do the transaction. Whereas this, is you
1: have to build it yourself. You do, you really do, yeah, because it, it's got to be it's got to be customized. because yeah. the model you have, yeah, you know, it might it might mimic someone else or be similar, but you've got your own issues in the house. You've got your own yeah. ways to do things, and you've got different people who need different information to to make it work for them. So we've built our system around the team that we have, and um. You know, it's 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 getting better and it's improving constantly. But um I, I can't see that ever stopping for us. I think, you know, that's something that we'll always work on and we'll always try and be more efficient with and
0: Well, that's like domain and dot uh, realestate.com and those organizations. I mean, they are continually developing their stuff. I mean, and then they in the end, the revenues end up being plowed back into the build. And they' they they are always improving their websites, in fact, they're probably throwing a lot of stuff away from where they originally started, and today, if you looked at them today, relative to where they started, it's probably something completely different and they they spent a fortune on building the the websites, but that's why they dominate right they dominate right because they've got the best experience user experience is important from not only from the point of view of the taste of the food and not only the point of view of whether the delivery was on time or wasn't thrown over the fence or something. Um, right through to the user experience in making the order, you can't make it too fucking hard, you know. Like, uh, yes, right, and uh, that's you, exactly right. You know, like it's and it, so and, and that that that's a an ongoing stressful thing, but it's a good stress because you're building something unique and and really valuable. I mean, from my point of view, I think you are
1: definitely.
0: Um, I I, I just want to say to everybody, uh, Blake, who's listening to this, um, I get fascinated by individuals like Chad who have sort of gone out on a limb and created these things. But what fascinates me more is that whether they realise or not, and I think Chad does in, in his case, but they are at the beginning of a, an evolution of how we as, a, as humans, particularly in more developed countries, how we um, have relationships with food. It's a big deal. It's a fucking big deal. Like our relationship with food is changing and it has been changing for a long time. I can go back to, as I said earlier, when I was a kid, um, you didn't eat takeaway. You never, never went to a restaurant. Nobody ever did that. No one ever, we cooked everything at home. No, there was no access to these things. And uh, But today, and what's interesting, we've just gone through a fast food fad where people were, were jumping into it, but where they didn't realize it was making them sick. Now we're going, the next the next stage seems to be fast food healthy. And that's where Chad is right now. It's sort of like brilliantly exciting. I know most people are not going to be excited by this, but I get excited by these sort of things. This is incredibly exciting for me to actually sit here and talk about this. Chad, I always give her because we're running short of time because like everything, you know, everybody else wants to use this room and they want to do the next podcast. So I have to leave. But I always give her an opportunity to ask me one question. So because i am been doing all the questioning.
1: Um, have you got a question for me? Yeah, um, definitely. I'd actually have many a bit more time. But uh, I guess the, the question I'd have is, or I had two. I don't know if you're gonna fit them in, but the if you want to throw if I was thinking about it. First one would be, what are you most proud of, Mark? You've achieved a lot. I've, I've and followed, Yeah, I've followed your story a bit, and obviously there's a lot more I wouldn't know about it, but what, what's the thing you're most proud of?
0: Um, probably the thing today, I mean, as, because you have different, thi- different things you're most proud of during different parts of your life, but the thing I'm most proud of today is um, the fact that I'm still doing stuff. Um, I'm 62, um, and I've been able to stay relevant um, and I don't mean that in a desperate sense that I'm sure I want to remain relevant, but I, I've stayed relevant in that, um, I've been able to keep my finger on the pulse of how things evolve and do new things. So the mentor is, mentor and mentored is really cool for me because it's relevant. It's a bit like you being at the forefront of the evolving sort of relationship people have with food. Um, so I, I'm really proud that I've been able to identify something like that, that, um, and that my skill base has allowed me to get into. So I'm pretty proud of that at 62, a lot, because i like got a lot of mates who went to school was slightly older, they're, they're thinking about retirement, right? you know, they're thinking about, uh, and that would kill me. I, I just could think of nothing worse. Um, so by being able to stay relevant, I'm really proud about that and, uh, and it, gives me something to do all the time it makes me i'm i'm really interested to work every day and to do discover new things and talk to people like you i mean I, i've got this platform where i get to talk to people like you every week you know last week we had um livia car and the week before that we had uh Dugues,
1: adam McDougal. Yeah,
0: right. uh you know it's sort of best job in the world right for me once a week and uh, and all the stuff that goes around so i'm really proud of that
1: Oh, that's great. And I think the mentor mark's a great thing you're doing. Helping businesses, I think it's fantastic. It really is. Because it's hard out there. You know. Totally is hard out there. Do I have time for
0: one more? Yeah.
1: Gabriel. Yeah? <laughs> um, what's the best advice you give someone in business?
0: Hmm, that's a if you're an entrepreneur like you, I mean everyone's an entrepreneur, but if you're a a risk an entrepreneur taking risks, risking um Risking your uh, taking the risk of introducing a new concept, which is what you're doing. Um, for me, it's about being flexible. Um, now some people will say, Oh, you always change your mind. Um, no, you've got to be able to keep reassessing the situation. There has to be one person in your business who's always reassessing what's going on out there in the market. So, you're, as I said, at the evolution of. Um, of being of, of people changing their relationship with food, um, you've got to always be reassessing how that change is happening because you're not going to control it. You're not going to be the person who influences or determines it. You just have to react to it. And you want you. It's sort of you've got to be six months ahead, sort of thing. So you're always trying to work out, oh shit, where's it going? Um, you know, where's this relationship change of relationship going to? And there needs to be a person who's always overriding thought processes about where's it going. That comes up talking to people, reading stuff, attending conventions or what like knowing what's going on in America. I don't know wherever it is, wherever your reference points are, I don't know. But you always gotta be on top of that because you could spend a whole lot of money investing and all of a sudden the the the, the thing just darts off onto the right and you're left standing there with your like a star bottle of piss waiting for for it to come back to you and no, it don't come back. It just keeps going. So you nearly got to be like a um a predictive scientist about where this thing's evolving and that's you you're the founder you're the owner you're the guy and so long, you don't want to be left there standing with holding the ball you got to just make sure you you keep moving and that means being on top of where the changes are occurring because the changes occur ever so subtly but at some stage all of a sudden they change completely i'll give you a good example Yellow Brick Road, which is a, a home lender, will be lend money for people to buy homes. And uh, everyone keeps saying, oh, the Royal Commission has changed the way banks lend. No, the, the lending change has been happening since 2015. I remember in 2015, I started thinking to myself, um, there's going to be a change. There's too many investors buying property in this country relative to the amount of owner occupiers. And I just looked at that statistically. Because you know, I've been in business for a long, long time and I, I knew there was 40-something percent of all borrowers were investors, whereas traditionally it was always 30%. And I thought this—that that is driving prices up and I know high prices for homes is politically not acceptable. And I sort of sensed that some change would happen, but I didn't know where the change was going to happen, where it was going to come from, how it would happen. But it manifested itself through the regulator coming in and making banks change the way they lend. They did on the basis, they thought there was going to be a... Uh, a risk to financial stability. So I actually started changing my business ahead of that. Now, it it, it hurt me for at least 12 months, but it doesn't matter. I still changed my business around so that I could concentrate on owner-occupier borrowers more so than investor borrowers, who were a big part of my, huge part of my business. So I guess as a a way of example, um, I try to run the predictive science in my Yellow Brick Road business the rest of the business runs itself because I've got, you know, I've got all sorts of people there running the business. Um, but they're doing the day to day stuff and they're just thinking about fulfilling an order like your chefs are, or your head of operations is someone's got to be stepping back saying, hang on now, uh, where's this market going? Which is what I do. And what I think is what you've got to do uh, as, as an entrepreneur in a new environment where there's a risk that you're taking, that you make the wrong call. Um, it's a bit like the Melbourne Cup. At some stage, you've got to make a run for it, um, but don't go too early and don't get locked in. You've got to get you got to get sure, that horse sure. in the right position. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And then you're just still looking where you're going to go. Like me tomorrow night, I'm fighting tomorrow night, and uh, I I've seen this bloke uh, box, and uh, you know I I can sit around with you know the bloke I got trained with, everything. I could Garth Wood. I can sit with Garth and, or Jeff and say, mate, we can make come up with all these plans, but on the night. I got to see how he goes, right. and um, and I got to look for my opportunity. I've got to look, work out which way I'm going to go. Is it, I'm going to, you know, if, am I going to go straight down the pipe, or am i going to come around? Here? Where am I going to move? And uh, I can sit there, I can thinking about it all night, but I've got to be able to be ready to make those moves. Nobody can tell me else can tell me what to do. Sure. That's what your role is. That's going to be your most important role. And something is evolving in in a way that's going to be totally disruptive the way we you'll be talking to me in 10 years time I hope we'll talk to each other in 10 years time and you're going to say Mark what we talked about 10 years ago I'm still in the game you're still in the game and you've got you've covered a lot of bases you've got a lot of great business and you're going to say to me where I am today relative to where I was when I first talked to you Mark 10 years ago it's completely changed but guess what you have be in the front of it good luck and thanks very much
1: hey, thank you for your time Mark I really appreciate you're it enjoy to today a lot thanks a lot <laughs>